Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and it was his turn to pick the film this week. So he went with American Psycho from the year 2000. So let's get to it. So then, Josh, you picked American Psycho, as I've already stated, which is from the year 2000. So spoilers, listeners if you haven't seen it yet. So go on, Josh, tell us what is the film about and, and, and there why. And probably, there probably will be spoilers, won't there? Let's be honest, based I, on... I would... I hope <laughs> based so. Based on the film. In an insignificant analysis of a film, it would be dumb <laughs> to try and avoid spoilers. Let's be real. Uh, uh, so, yes. so, Christian Bale plays a yuppie in the 80s called Patrick Bateman. He is American. And you know what else he is? Yeah, that's and that's it. That's it. No, so right. So it's basically Patrick Bateman. uh, He's a sort of a all American yuppie type in the eighties, living a life of hedonism, drugs, and alcohol, and working out and and sex and booze and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, he also has an an unquenchable thirst for murder and for killing people. And the film sort of charts his fall into um, mania and. And his, and his relationship with violence and stuff like that, and whether or not, shall we say, that is even happening. Um, so that's Ooh. what it's about. It's, it's based deep. It's deep, that, isn't it? Yeah. Mysterious. It's philosophical. Um, <laughs> and it's based on Brett Easton Alice Ellis's book, who has written other things like Rules of Attraction. A lot of people will, will know of Brett Easton Alice. And to be honest, this is probably one of those films that a lot of people might say, why are you picking that? Because they don't think it's underrated or underseen. So I'm really nervous to hear your thoughts on this one. Because I think this film is pretty flawless. Okay. Right? I think it's incredible. It's definitely in my top films. Possibly, yeah, probably in my top 10. Wowzers. Maybe okay. even my top five. The reason I picked it, it's probably not underseen. It might have been underseen at the time if you look at the box office, but since it came out, it has become quite a cult film. Mm. It has lots of people seem to have seen it. It's often referenced in things like social media when mm-hmm. people are joking about it and stuff like that. So I don't think it's underseen. But I was watching it um, for my own pleasure, which sometimes when you have the time when you're doing this podcast, Alice, you do that. Mm-hmm. Watch a film without Watch having films to. For pleasure. <laughs> God, for, for fun. What that's like, yeah. <laughs> Remember films for fun. Um, Omg. So, uh, so I was watching it, and I looked at the score, and I was really sort of taken aback by, particularly Ooh. one of the scores, which we'll come mm-hmm. on to. So, I'm picking it because I think it's underrated. Now, you might disagree with me, but we'll get stuck into that in a minute. But I think this film is pretty flawless. Having said okay. that, 
just because I love it doesn't mean you do. So mm-hmm. I am I'm nervous to hear what you say because this could be one of those episodes where one of us tramples over, over, over all over the other person's <laughs> beloved <laughs> film. <laughs> They're quite enjoyable so. as well. Let's be <laughs> like, you know everything you love, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I know from what you've said recently because again sometimes we might talk. Um, I know, surprise for people at home, but we might Only occasionally... sometimes, because yeah. we don't like to give away too much about we what we're thinking, we what we're feeling So it's like, what are you having films? for tea? I'm not telling you that'll give away a film choice. Yeah, I can't tell yeah. you. I can't, <laughs> can't tell you. Yeah, you Farber beds and a bottle of... Farber beans. Farber eggs. What are they? Farber beans. That sounds delicious. Farber beans and a bottle of Chianti. Anyway. That um, sounds about right. So, so, I know you've been on a little bit of a bail binge. I'm always, I'm always on a bail binge. Yeah. Always. Gareth, Christian. All the bales. Um, hey, don't so forget the hey. I'm very... <laughs> hey! I'm, I'm excited and nervous. Had mm-hmm. you seen this before? And what did you think generally as an overall? So this is one of those films that I had seen before, but I could barely recall it, couldn't remember what right. I thought of it. It was one of these where, like, back in the day, they just I used to watch a lot of films and just not really pay attention or I'd doze off halfway through, you know, all this kind of nonsense. I don't do that anymore. Like when I watch films, I'm really in the room and I really do pay attention. So this was one that I knew I'd seen it, but I just couldn't right. remember it well enough to give any sort of analysis. A- any or opinion on it at any, all. Yeah, I didn't yeah. feel anything towards it. So I was really keen to watch it again. Like you say, it has been memed to death. Like you see it everywhere sort of thing. So some of the it, like images and the scenes and the look of it kind of felt familiar. Um, so as far as I was concerned, I no, I hadn't truly right. seen it before, even though I'd been in its presence when it was being shown or whatever. Um, but I really, really loved it. I thought oh, it was really, really yes. good. Really I loved am, it. I, how good compared to other films I've picked that you've liked? Uh, whoa, like up there. Like, like up there. We're like, thinking We're thinking True Lies. We're Pride. thinking Rain Over Me. Ooh. Pride. Like we're, we're up yeah, there. Yeah, Rocky like, Balboa. Yeah, all the ones that I've picked sure, that you liked. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good, right? That's, so I made it with mm. that. So, I mean, we can finish it here. Let's um well let, let me hear it then. What did you like? Uh so I really just kind of love the whole vibe of the thing. Mm. Like it all feels a bit surreal and bizarre and a bit wacky, but it's all obviously set in the real world and kind of with these familiar locations and settings with familiar scenarios. Scenarios, you know those scenarios. But you find yourself find in, a scenario. in a scenario. Yeah, yeah. Scenario. Um no one feels like a real person. Like the dialogue doesn't mm. feel natural. And then all of this kind of works together to make the whole film just feel uncanny. Like the mm. whole thing feels uncanny. And I thought that there was a real skill in that to create this feeling of unease throughout the whole thing. But then it with it also being like quite funny at the same time. Mm-hmm which I thought was really interesting. Um, so you've probably seen this recently then, or you've at least seen it enough that I'd it still feels watched like it. super I, familiar. I, I, so I still watched it again for this. Yeah. But I think yeah. of all the films we have done, this is one I could have done without watching it again. Yeah, yeah. But I still like watched you... it again because I owe it to the guys at home. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you, you're in a different uh, mindset when you're watching it for analysis than when yeah. you're just watching it for entertainment, aren't you? Um, so what was this like for you then? Was it as good? Was it better yeah. with the analysis? I still, yeah. I still loved it. I still yeah. loved it. Um, it's, it's funny, just to go back to what you said on there, I think that's one of the things when we come on to the critical reception that people do misunderstand. And I think still misunderstand about this film, which is that it's very, very stylized mm. and it uses genre a lot 
in terms of signifiers and what it's trying to do to make you feel things as the audience. So mm-hmm. it's not a horror, but it has elements of horror. Mm-hmm. If it's anything, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But I don't think people think that it is. Right. And I think that might be one of the problems is that people think it's a, it's a sort of it is it is it's a horror mixed with a sort of maybe a political take on the time or or or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So so yeah, just to pick on what you're saying there, that's that's where I think that is. I think that might be one of the reasons mm. which comes with the critical reception. But no, I watched it again, and yeah, I mean, I I just loved it. So I could talk a lot about this film. I mean, we could mm. easily have done a two parter about this or a special or anything, but I'll try and boil it down so that it's not too long. So what I've got here is a few things. First of all, the performances. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Christian Bale. Because oh, let's do, let's do it. <laughs> I think he gives one of the best performances I think he's ever given in his career mm-hmm. in this film, but also one of the best performances I've probably actually seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he. There are a lot of amazing performances. There are a lot of performances which we've talked about, which you think get a lot of credit, and you're like, I don't really understand why, or mm. performances that don't get the credit that you think do. So, this is one of them. For me, so mm-hmm. so I, I think Christian Bale deserves a lot of plaudits for this, and he does get a lot of plaudits for this, but I don't think he did at the time. So I think he's incredible because there's so much on his shoulders. I think he's in every scene. He's pretty much in every scene, and he has so much to do in terms of his physicality. Because obviously, Christian Bale is famed for changing his body shape for films, mm-hmm. right? And this is exactly like that. Just you know, obviously he's in incredible shape in this film, but that is mm-hmm. part of the character. It's not like a, it's not a vanity thing. He didn't look like that anyway. I'm sure as an actor, he probably keeps himself in good good nick. Mm-hmm. But I'm fairly certain he himself has come out and said that he found this really difficult to get in in shape for or or whatever at the I time. Bet, yeah, because he's like he's incredibly lean because you can yeah, see the bones in his shoulders, yeah, but very ripped, ripped at the same it, it, time. Yeah, yeah. So like you hear a lot about the kind of crazy shit that they've got to do to look like that. But you imagine there's a lot of like dehydrating yourself, probably yeah. not eating for the 48 hours before no shooting. Sugar, like, no crazy carbs. Crazy shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he does you know he looks amazing, but obviously the character's meant to look amazing. So that's one of the mm. things is it really goes with the character because this character is an entirely self-consumed, self-obsessed entity and to the point where there's a whole scene dedicated to it you know there's a whole scene to his welfare routine not his welfare routine his you know skincare what he does to yeah, exercise yeah. his showers his you know how he looks and all that sort of stuff not only his physicality but his emoting too you know he has a lot to do he's he, he is funny in this film he I is. think he is. he is. I think he's I very, very funny. Has he ever been funny before? Have we ever seen well, you, no, Bale being saw, funny? Uh, there's, there's elements of it in some of the films. Like if, if you mm. think about the Nolan Batman's, particularly the first one and the second one, he does he does oh, have yeah. those little quips. A bit quippy. When he's, yeah. when he's talking with Mal- Michael Caine's Alfred and stuff like that. But mm. you do associate Christian Bale with a more intense, mm-hmm. you know, Terminator salvation Yeah, or even, thing. you know, yeah. y- your things like that he's won an obstacle for, like the fighter or even mm. earlier things like the machinist and stuff like this. So he is he is brilliant in this. Everything is on him, and I think he is I think he's captivating. Like you can't mm-hmm. take your eyes off him. When he's funny, he's being funny. When he's scary, he's quite scary. When mm-hmm. he's, you know, this idea that he sort of I think he almost disappears into this entirely narcissistic person. Mm-hmm. And I'd also at this point in his career, I'd love to have seen this when it came out, because at this point in his career, he wasn't a big movie star. No, he he played Thomas in Pocahontas, yeah, and then that's pretty Empire, much all I know. He was in Empire of the Sun. He was in New 
newsies or newbies or whatever the, the musical's called. And, and, and like you say, he's in Pocahontas. So he wasn't a household name or he certainly wasn't a household name that he, that he is now. So I'd love mm. to have seen it and thought what people thought, because at the same time, there's a very famous sort of sliding doors moment with this film, which is, it was supposed to be Leo DiCaprio. Okay. Yeah. And there was a lot that. of chopping yeah. and changing. The director wanted Christian Bale, and the studio wanted DiCaprio. And I mm. think they said something like, "Well, if it's Bale, you can have this much budget, and if it's DiCaprio, you can have this much budget." And she was very mm. much like, "Don't care, want Bale." And okay, that will happen. Good. It's not to say Leo couldn't have done it. But, no, he's great. Love Leo. But I think it's you know he it probably would have been a different prospect because if you imagine this came out in two thousand, that's post Titanic. Yeah, so Leo is the heartthrob he's of, huge, of the time, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. What was it? Was it Leo Mania or something they called it at the time? Yeah, it was something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. wasn't it? So he was huge. He was the Beatles. You know what I mean? He was, he was whatever. So Christian Bale is amazing, um, and I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that, which I'll, I'll ask you about in a moment. But I also want to give a little shout out to the supporting cast as well, because mm-hmm. you've got loads of pe- good people in there, like Josh Lucas, uh, Chloe Savini, um, Justin Theroux. Um, Reese Witherspoon pops mm-hmm. up in it for a bit. But the, the two highlights I think in this are Willem Dafoe, who's only got about three scenes. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. And Cara Seymour, who is not mm. very well known, but she plays, well, she doesn't actually have a name, but he calls her Christy. She's one of the mm. girls that he takes back to his, his, his room. Um, and I thought she was incredible in it. And I've only seen her in one or two things before. She was in, was she in uh, You've Got Mail? Was she Tom Hanks's sister-in-law or auntie? Oh, or interesting. Mother-in-law or something. Interesting. But the only yeah, other thing auntie, I've... yeah, because the family that... dynamics in that yeah. film are so messed up. <laughs> the only other thing I've seen her in is Gangs of New York, right? Mm. And she's not even in that that much. So I've seen her in a few bits. So I thought I think she's brilliant in this. She has a lot to do mm-hmm. um, and, and thinks she's fantastic. So I just wanted to give her a little shout-out. So tell me what you thought about the performances then. Particularly, obviously, uh, Christian Bale. I mean, you've 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 said a lot of it there, but yeah, he's he is everything, isn't he? He yeah. is he is he is just brilliant in this, just absolutely excellent. He's so relentlessly intense, and like he uses his face a lot to convey the feelings and the attitudes of the character, as well as his line delivery as well, which is excellent. And there are times where he got so manic and so wound up that he started reminding me of Jim Carrey. Like yeah, when Jim Carrey yeah, was doing yeah. his big comedy performances. And like even his voice started to sound a bit like Jim at times, which was crazy. Um, he has these moments like where he starts talking about things at length. It's usually music. And then it sounds like things that Patrick has like written and learned and recited to try and sound like a normal person because he obviously doesn't have many authentic or normal things that he can talk about because the things he wants to say will make him sound like a fucking psychopath. Um, he's also just got like a couple of little moments to help convey the character is like when he lunges to put a coaster on the table before someone yeah. can put their put their cup down or whatever it is like it's it's all the little things like the little intensities within him when it within him excuse me how quickly his face can change like he can go from smiling to scowling so quickly and like the whole mood of a scene will just change and that happened a lot obviously especially when he had people in his apartment mm. where you know bad things are going to happen here and the mood just changes just because of him like the lighting, the setting, everything stays the same. But he, he just he fills the whole room he just changes, himself. He changes his face when characters in the film aren't looking at him. Yeah. So yeah, when characters yeah, yeah. are characters looking at him, he's sort of putting on the performance of the Bateman yuppie. When mm-hmm. characters aren't looking at him, he's got like a vacant stare. Yeah. Like like that. It, it's that complete and utter apathy. Yeah, like almost the smiles a, as well. Like yeah. when he smiles or laughs, like it's so because he's not dead behind the eyes, but like it's his 
it's like his smile and his eyes don't match. It's so it's like he's it's smiling. It's like, yeah. I'm I'm friendly. I'm happy. Don't be scared of me. But his eyes are saying the exact fucking opposite of that. There's just such a great it's, talent it's in that. Just, it's that idea, isn't it, that he is... He wants to fit in. So the superficialness of Patrick Bateman is actually put on. So he is superficially superficial. Because mm. he's trying to be a yuppie, but he isn't. Mm. So it's that idea that, the, that he is actually... Christian Bale is pa- playing Patrick Bateman, who is playing Patrick Bateman. Yeah. And, yeah, I think, yeah. and I think that's captured. So that there's a bit, isn't there, where Willem Dafoe walks into his office and he is pretending to be on the phone. Yeah, it's so funny. I love all that. He does it a few times, doesn't yeah. he? These fake phone calls. And he's like, <laughs> oh, but, but in that bit, his performance of being on the phone is bad. Because mm-hmm. it's clear mm-hmm. he's not on the phone. He's like, okay, John, right. Like that. Yeah. And it's obvious he's not on the phone. So don't wear all... that colour. No, you don't want to wear that colour. Yeah. You want to wear this colour. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, like, and, and that, again, that brings me on, I suppose, a little bit to the direction as well. So I do think this is very, very well directed. It's obviously very centred around Bateman as a character. It's really well paced. I think it's a pretty tight mm-hmm. hour and a half. I love things like the use of violence. So obviously this is an 18 film, 18 mm. rated film. I think it's probably that or that equivalent around the world. But actually, when you watch it again, you don't see that much of the violence. A lot of the no, violence no. is implied. Even mm. when he does stuff to people or he shows him doing stuff to people, you don't see him doing it. So, for example, he drops a chainsaw off a set of stairs to kill somebody. You don't see the chainsaw hit the person. Mm-hmm. You just see him drop it and then see the result. So a lot of the violence is implied. So again, something I noticed that I never noticed before is there's a very famous scene where he has a threesome with two girls. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in bed together, he gets up and he goes in his drawer and you don't really know what he's doing. And he just says, we're not finished yet. And then the next mm. sort of cut is him paying them as they leave his apartment. But as mm. they leave, they've got black eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'd never noticed that before. Oh, really? Interesting. So obviously what it's implying there is that the next bit of the session or whatever was was him being violent to them and, mm. and then paying them. And obviously it shows them not being able to wait to get out the apartment. And then later on, he uses one of them again. And she says, I had to go to the hospital after the last time because of blah, blah, mm. blah. Um, and I'd never noticed that before. I just assumed that it was, you know, because he was a brute or whatever, like mm. in, in the last bit. So little, I, I like the use of violence. And then that informs for me, the use of um, the use of genre and stuff like that, because it is, it is the darkest of dark comedies. It is so dark in terms mm-hmm. of the subject matter. You can't get, I think if you w- tried to go any darker than this, you'd be straying into the unacceptable, mm-hmm. which I suppose you could look at this and say it isn't acceptable, but I don't think it is because I think of what it is parodying and also the way it does it, because there's also that element of if it is or isn't true, which we might come on mm-hmm. to in a little while, but I love the parody of the yuppie culture. So for example, the very famous business card scene. Oh yeah. Oh, all, that's so funny. Where they all give a shit about business cards that all look interchangeably mm-hmm. the same. They're all just white business cards mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I love that. that. And that, for me, is how you know it's a dark comedy. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Because why would that be a serious scene? Stuff like that. I love the little, again, the little details of description about superficial, the how superficially is and stuff like that. So I've tried to read the book. And mm. I got about a third of the way through because it is like, it's all description. Mm-hmm. It is just, he goes around his apartment and he names like everything and how much it was and what the brand was and what he could have spent and what he didn't spend and all that sort of mm. stuff. And obviously that's different because in a book, it's trying to build a world in a different way. Whereas in this, they can do a lot more showing and, mm-hmm. and, and not telling because of the media and stuff like that. So I love that. Um, I love the descent into his mania as well. So that idea that he starts and he's all he's so sort of well presented and by the end of the film, he's a little bit sort of like a haggard version of what he was mm. and stuff like that. So I love that. But anyway, what else did you like about it then? Um, so I liked sort of the parts that I'd seen kind of memed or gift to death actually coming to life and sort mm. of getting some context for them. So obviously there's the part where he's just walking through the corridor at work with his headphones on, but he's listening to Walking on Sunshine. And like, <laughs> you don't up. get that from the gif. Yeah, <laughs> no. because because the, the mood that he's creating around him, again, doesn't match the song at all. So that is an, another moment of comedy there and his whole sort of relationship to uh, music as well. Um, and the business card scene, bit like you say there it's just such a brilliant piece of cinema like it's so well written and just so well executed and tells you so much that you need to know about him and there's so much of this going on throughout the film where they use moments to show you what kind of person he is you don't have to sort of bash us over the head with exposition or other people talking about him or whatever it's all about his actions and his looks and the kind of menacing kind of feel that you get in his eyes and stuff really enjoyed that um and just the final few things as well. So I think the soundtrack is great because it's very upbeat and playful. So it's a wonderful juxtaposition between that and the story. Um, I appreciate that Patrick's kitchen looks a lot like a morgue because everything is stainless steel. So I enjoyed that <laughs> bit of detail. Um, the bit of narration at the beginning, you touched on it before, but where he's describing his morning routine sounds exactly like a modern day influencer talking on Instagram does, these days. Here's, like, every, oh, I here's this... everything I eat in the day. Exactly. Like, I use this moisturizer. <laughs> then I use this face mask. 
and I love that because it makes it still so relevant today. Yeah, it does and feel like, very even relevant. More relevant yeah. today. Um, That's a great. I'd never thought about that, but you are right. That it feel you could take the eighties thing out of it, and if you made it again today and made him an Instagram influencer, it'd still be the same. Exactly the same. It tra- it transcends the years for sure. The only thing that dates it is the mobile phones. Yeah, so the, the clothes, size of bricks. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but I know for what the you most mean. part, I was like, yeah. this could be today. Like, Absolutely. People are like this, and it's, it's another not one of those, psycho. But you know, <laughs> it's another one of those films that's set in the eighties, but it's not like it does go heavy on the eighties. But that's entirely a choice because mm. it's obviously it's obviously a big part of the message and the sort of parody of if you like of that sort of reagan yuppie era of america is it's the point is all the music like you say you know he listens to like whitney houston and huey lewis in the news and genesis and and all that sort of stuff for each one he seems to do this big monologue so no i I completely agree and i'd never thought about that before that's a really good point like if, if you if you made it now it'd still be relevant Oh yeah, definitely. Like you could you could keep the script exactly the same and I think it would still work. Um I like that the ending is unclear, that it's kind of ambiguous and you don't actually know what's fully gone on because you are left wanting more, which is obviously quite an interesting thing for a film to do. It isn't wrapped up nicely and ends sort of, you know, with a proper conclusion. Um, And then just finally as well, just one of my favourite quotes, maybe of any film that was just used over and over again in this, I've got to return some videotapes. Just every time he has to leave a room, I've got to return some videotapes. I just loved it. It it was was so innocuous. It's probably the only probably harmless. one of the only pieces of script that would date it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you, what yeah, would it right. what would it be now it'd have to be i have to uh, <laughs> i have to cancel gotta, a trial period on a streaming service yeah gotta, gotta get back and cancel disney plus <laughs> we'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change so josh <laughs> is there anything Probably. Well, Probably uh, not. originally, originally when I when when I was making notes, I think I put I I refuse. <laughs> like I thought, I thought perhaps perhaps once a year or so we could pick a film where one as of us treat. goes yeah. as a treat. I refuse nope. to say anything bad about this film. <laughs> I will not. But I I am you know I'm committed to the format. The format. <laughs> so one of the things is I have heard people have issues with the ending. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of ambiguity about the ending, I know, mm-hmm. but and and one of my very closest friends, one of my best friends, said that he liked the film but he hated the ending. He oh, felt right. like it, he felt like it rendered it, it, it all pointless. Um, so that's not that's not something I feel. That's <laughs> no, not something really I feel as we as we may have touched on. But so if I had one thing to say, I was trying to find something, and I put here, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> it's killing me to say it, but perhaps. <laughs> The use of genre is almost too subtle, so people don't understand it as a dark comedy. Okay. Which yeah. might explain the reception when we come on to it, but perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's mm-hmm. almost too subtle. You know, in the way some comedies are almost too subtle that people don't understand that they're not, that, that they're a comedy. Right. I wonder if this is that. So there's a little bit of horror and a little bit of parody and a little bit of comedy and a little bit of other stuff. Okay. And it's almost too salt to get a laugh or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I think that, but I can understand that not everyone is, you know, not everyone watches films with the same enthusiasm. Some people, when they watch a film, just want to switch off. And if a film isn't sort of speaking to them at a level that requires less effort, that's not to say you should put effort in. 
Do you know what I mean? That maybe you think, I don't really get it. I, I've gone on record before to say there are some acclaimed directors that I don't like their films because I feel like I can't, there's something that I just can't quite click with. Mm-hmm. And perhaps this is one for people. Perhaps they can't click with that use of genre or perhaps they need to like their character like a Patrick Bateman. Because I've sort of, again, on this podcast, I've said many times, I have to, I often have to like my lead character. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely don't in this scenario. Mm. So this is a rare example where I think, no, I, I dislike the lead character because obviously he's horrendous. Even if what happens at the ending or not is real or isn't, he's still horrendous mm. because he's, you know, even the way he treats like his fiance or mm-hmm. or whatever. So I can see how people might think that. What about you? Is there anything you didn't like? Because you, you've, you've been pretty, uh, pretty positive. Uh, so no major offenders, really. Um, overall, I just thought it was amazing and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I will say that I feel like I noticed an inconsistency with Patrick's character, with the mm. psychopath, funnily enough. <laughs> um, but it is that he uses a sunbed, right? So oh, right. in his opening sequence, obviously, he's taking us through his routine and so much of it is focused on the health of his skin and looking young. But obviously tanning is going to damage your skin and make you age prematurely. Yeah. So the the thing I will say about that is that later on in the film, someone does comment on his tan and says, oh, you've got a great tan. And he's like, oh, yeah, I use the sunbeds. So it could be that he's like feeling the pressure in that he, because he thinks people find him more attractive to look at with a tan, mm. that that's why he does it. But it's completely in opposition with his obsession with staying young with ha- with and keeping and, his, yeah. his skin as... as Sort of, but saying that obviously he does drink and he does do drugs as well, and those things are going to age you pretty rapidly, also. So maybe well, it's just yeah. like finding the balance for him. Like, oh yeah, I, I work out this hard and I concentrate this much on my skin health, so I can use the sunbed and then I can do some cocaine or whatever it might maybe be. Maybe it's a maybe it's a necessary evil. Yeah, so he's got the look to be so evil. He's got the term. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I thought that was interesting because it's like it's the first thing anyone anyone who cares about their skin health like mm. that's the first thing. It's like wear sun cream. You've got to wear sun cream every well, so day. When, see I it, the sun wants to kill you. I have never used a sunbed. I've no, never used any either. sort of tanning. I'm ginger. Or that would like, be yeah. fucking suicide. Apart from, apart from a literal sunbed, <laughs> i.e., by a pool on holiday. Oh I've yeah. Never, I've Get never the used. Towel out. I've never yeah, used yeah. a tanning bed or whatever. No. When did it become known that they damaged your skin? Oh, good point, because he's in the 80s. Has it always been known that they damaged your skin? Because obviously, if you think, and I'm trying to think of other films that show sunbeds, the only one I can think of is The Full Monty, which is 98 or 97. And in that, they're really keen to use Tom Wilkinson's sunbed, aren't they? And that's 10 years after this film is set, obviously three years before this film Mm. is made. but So that's an interesting one, because perhaps they didn't know, but at the same time, I don't know, I'm not a a, a dermatologist. (laughs) but You know... Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that I suppose that's that's still a really good point though. So, just a very very quick Google search suggests that it wasn't until the late 90s that we ah, really discovered right. the connection between uh sun damage and what that actually does to your skin. So, yes, interesting. He may not have known, but I'm may sure not. if he knew now, he would not be on the sunbed. <laughs> I wonder if um, um you could make a film of him now. Like, would Ooh. he still, like, would you think yeah. he'd still be around? He'd be in his, so, he says he's 27 or something, he doesn't is, he? Yeah. Say he's 20, so that means he would, let's say, as a round number, he's born in 1960. He may have died of the stress. Yeah, so he'd be he's 60. Clearly very stressed. 63 or, nearly now. Maybe after having the break and having that whole delirium about what happened, he turned a corner. 
and he got yeah. him, got himself he, a therapist and went to a retreat and maybe he, he's a whole new person. He does show up in other books. So Brett, he's, he always, he's got a brother in the book. So there's a film, there's a book called Rules of Attraction. And I believe in the book, it is Patrick Bateman's little brother. Mm. So he shows up in that. But obviously he just shows up as as his brother. He doesn't, he's mm. not, whereas this is all in his head. Mm-hmm. That's in his brother's head. So you don't get to see what he's thinking. Because I believe oh, they made a film of Rules of Attraction. They were oh. trying to get Christian Bale to be in it. And I think it just didn't come off for, for whatever happen, reason. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, so that's interesting. Was there anything else? Anything else you didn't like? Or is that pretty much it? Just the just the other thing to note is that sometimes the voiceover or the narration or inner monologue, whatever you want to call it, did feel a little bit off and a little bit mm. unnatural. So it wasn't awful, but there were just the odd time where I didn't really feel like we needed it. Um, but as I've said before on this podcast for other films we've done it's always obviously so challenging to adapt a book for the screen and it's just a safe technique to ensure that your audience are where they need to be and that they have the information that they need to know all about the characters so I can forgive it but I just noticed it like sometimes sometimes I don't need it as much I trust I trust the action I trust the performances I can see what's happening I don't need him I don't need his inner monologue to tell me what's happening I can see it sort of thing but no not a massive offender and that was pretty much it to be honest We'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So, Josh, you say that you picked this because you think it's underrated, <laughs> which is very, very interesting. So, me personally, this is easily an eight. Like, okay. easy into the eights. Mid yeah, eight, yeah. maybe yeah. a slightly higher eight. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great eight. Um, great eight. You you think it's underrated. So, maybe it probably didn't get, like, devastatingly low, but low mm. for this, maybe a high six. Okay. So, maybe I'll say... I'll say it got a 68 or a 6.8. Okay, as an average. Yeah. Okay. So, so like before I tell you this, because I think this is like, I think this is, a, for me, I think this is a nine <sighs> out of 10. Wow. But I, I accept that I like it. Mm-hmm. So, but I defy anyone to see how this is less than an eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think, I, 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 do, I do think it's, it's objectively a really well-made film. Mm-hmm. I don't get again everyone has their opinions that this whole podcast is based around that but i defy anyone to not find at least one thing they like in this in this film even if it's just christian bale's performance anyway mm-hmm. so this is why i think it's underrated okay at the time of recording on mm-hmm. imdb mm-hmm. it gets 7.6 out Ooh, of 10 okay yeah all right all so right, not, yeah, too yeah. Bad, not, not too, too bad, bad. not too bad but then we head over to rotten tomatoes alice oh yeah and this is where my blood's boiling alice it's, it's boiling <laughs> It's bubbling over. The audience. I like the audience. Look, <laughs> they're listening right now. <laughs> they're, good, they're good guys. I've met they're a lot of them. Guys. Good guys. No, to be fair, the audience give it 85%. Right? Okay. And I yeah, think that's good. fair. I think Bob on that. I might suggest that's a little bit underrated, but I'll take that. I'll take 85%. Mm-hmm. However, the critics, Alice, on Rotten Tomatoes give it 68%. Mm-mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. just, I feel like that must be then. I think mm-hmm. if people are doing retrospective pieces on this, it's not a six point sixty-eight percent. This became quite a big cult hit mm. in the land of cult films. This is definitely one that got a following. Mm-hmm. Um, so that averages out then to seventy-six percent. Okay. So you were bob on with your critic score, but that mm. wasn't the average. So yeah. the audience brings it up to seventy-six percent or seven point six. Okay, I think I think that's underrated. 
I do, I definitely do think that's underrated. It's not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> like, I'm, no. I'm glad it's not lower than that, for sure. No. Um, but yeah, that is underrated. I think this is better than that. Like, it's so, it's just such a brilliantly executed film. It's, it's good. It's, if you want, if you like films, guys, <laughs> this is a film and it is good. Nah, yeah, definitely underrated, I reckon. Well, there we go. Another underrated film in the back. I'm relieved, to be honest. I'm so, <laughs> so relieved. I thought, because you just think every now and then, sometimes it just hits you wrong. And you think, it's definitely you can, that. You I can mean, come away and go, nah, not for me. It started, it's, listen, I'm, I'm easy and I'm basic. If Bale's on screen, it's starting on a high. Do you know what I mean? It would have taken a lot to bring that down, but it started, it was good, and it just got better and better and better. <laughs> um, anyway, so another one in the underrated, uh, in the in the well-deserved underrated uh, pile. Um, so get in touch and let us know what you think about American Cycle. But I think many people listening to this will agree. Um, we will be back with another film in your ears next week, so keep a look out on the socials, and we'll be announcing that near to the time in the meantime if you'd like to get in touch with us the film uh, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com or all the social medias if you just search for uh, just films and that on uh, Facebook Twitter TikTok Instagram you'll find us we're always putting stuff out there so give us a follow engage with us drop us a DM if you've got an idea for a film we're always open to suggestions guys so so thank you very much uh, for, for that we're on Patreon as well so if you're looking for a little bit of extra content extended episodes uh, episodes uh, a day or so early then head on over to there um, and any support you can give was massively appreciated and we are also on the television aren't we alice we are indeed every friday from 6 p.m you can find us on the local tv network so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview i've also been uploading all the videos to daily motion so if you head over there and type in just films and that you can see what we're all about and that's every friday from 6 p.m on the local tv network thank you Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, follow us and all that jazz. But as ever, thank you very much for listening. Your support does really mean a lot to us. And we'll be back next week with another episode. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Do you like Huey Lewis and the news? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.